Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of that Dylan Brooks. We got an investigation on our hands. We do. Uh, in fact, in uh, our main man Craig, you got two things to do before you do your thing. One is, uh, <laughs> can you play the Clay Thompson sound from right after the game? The what message did you want to send tonight? Man, they was talking about dynasty and all that. You can't talk dynasty when you haven't won before. I don't think people realize how hard that is—the commitment and sacrifice it takes. I mean, you got to sacrifice your body. And I thought that was premature talk, you know, to talk, to even mention that word. But they bring the best out of us, and I think we do the same. And uh, even though you don't like them, you got to respect them because uh, they're a threat. All right, so when I heard that the other night, I'm thinking, what's he talking about? Who's, who's talking dynasty? Do you have so you have the exact quote there? So apparently, after the Warriors lost to Memphis last year in March, Brooks referred to Memphis as you know, he was talking about like building and you know continuing to work on whatever they're doing, and he he said keep building a dynasty. So he he said that after a regular season victory last year, I think that's. But the fact that Curry has clearly held on to that, Clay has held on to that. For months and months, like they had that game, I got you. Bullet pointed because of you. what Dylan Brooks said. That well, we'll, we'll, so he's okay. All right, let's go to Javier. He cleared a point. Uh, Javier's in Vacaville. What's up, Javi? How you doing, buddy? How you got? How you guys doing today? Doing well. Awesome. So the notion that I brought up yesterday was about Buddy Hill mistake that they made drafting uh, James Wiseman. Over Lamelo Ball, something that you know Warriors fans don't want to talk about. So there's two things: if the Warriors were to let Myers walk out the door, it'd be the biggest mistake, and not just Warriors history, but Bay Area history since the 49ers let go of Jim Harbaugh. And it wouldn't be proven with words, but rather with actions, because before Bob Myers got here, the Warriors were, you know, the bottom end of the Western Conference, if not the bottom half, if not the bottom third of the NBA. My second point is that. Everyone's so, well, we have to live wise and develop. But we'll, and, I, and I'm totally for that. But you're saying, well, if they don't win the championship this year, what makes it going to be good next year? And the year after that. Well, then you need, again, like I said yesterday, you got to capitalize on a window that you have with these three. And if you're not going to capitalize on the window, then you're trying to say, okay, we're going to have them, you know, march into the sunset, and we're going to try to find pieces that can help us go catapult into the next generation. Well, that, I don't think Curry, no, I know Curry, Thompson, Draymond on that type of time. There's, we're trying to win. If I'm the Warriors, I'm calling Indiana. I'm saying I'll give you Moody, Wiseman, or Moody, or even Wiseman and Baldwin, and throw Moody also for a Miles Turner. That's expiring contract. That's going to take twenty million dollars off twenty million dollars off your salary at the end of the year. He's a stretch big that's going to help you win now. That can shoot from the perimeter. That can help you interior get rebounds and do what you need uh, in the paint as a big man. And also, you get to clear the salary at the end of the season, and then you say because. Well, we don't have enough money uh, available with these players. Well, yeah, the two of those three young guys you drafted between Kaminga, Moody, and, and Wiseman, you're going to have to get rid of them to get somebody in return. But a guy like, uh, uh, but but know. the bot, uh, you you can't re-sign Miles Turner under that circumstance. But what I'm saying is, you lose the money. Sure. You take the money off your salary, and then you gain a player to help you win right now. So it's a win-win. I got you. I got you. Thanks, Javi. No, I and that's a name that's out there. So, Miles Turner, center for the uh, Pacers. I don't know what he's making. 
Well, you would you would trade for him to be the starter, right? Because, you would trade for him, or because like, that means Kevon like Looney's got to go to the bench. Team, uh, trades for a starting pitcher at the deadline to see if that pitcher will help him win a World Series. That's what Turner would be. But I don't know that he's that good. First of all, I don't know how much he'll drastically change the Warriors. Let's just say he's pretty good. Yeah, okay, he's pretty good. Do you really want to give up Wiseman? Let's just say Wiseman and Moody. You really want to give up Wiseman and Moody forever for three or four months of Miles Turner? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing. I don't that like either. Miles Turner enough to do that. Also, I'll tell you what. Indiana I might, would want. That. I might not even do it if Miles. If you could resign Miles Turner. What the Warriors are looking for from Wiseman, and I assume what they would be trying to find in a in a trade, would be a big, probably that can come off the bench, because I, I I think they like Kevon Looney as as the starting center. He plays twenty minutes a night, can finish games sometimes, but you need another interior presence that can add to your rebounding struggles, that can defend the paint. And that can hopefully get you a couple of easy baskets. All right, so Turner's making 17-5 last year of his deal. Uh, Wiseman's probably making about 12-ish, 11 or 12. So, yeah, I'm sure you put Wiseman and and Moody together. That gets you in the area. Sure, money-wise, it'd work. But then you got to let Miles Turner go at the end of the year. If if everything Joe Lacob is saying uh, is true about the money. So, 888-957-9570 is the number. LaMelo Ball and the Hornets are in town. Remember the 2020 draft? About two and a half years ago. Warriors took Wiseman at two. Hornets took LaMelo Ball at three. Is that a mistake? Time flies. I mean, can can we officially call it a mistake right now, Warrior fans? Or can we say, you know what, we still need more time. We still need more time. I mean, it's hard to disagree with somebody who says, well, right now it looks like a mistake. Certainly. Why did the Warriors take James Wiseman in the first place? Because to me, that's where the answer to the question lies. If you were drafting him to be a franchise centerpiece and you know a David Robinson or who else is being compared to, Kevin Garnett or Chris Webber, whoever, then yes, he was the wrong pick. He's, I don't think he's going to be any of those guys. He's not going to be a Hall of Fame big. That doesn't mean he can't be a quality NBA basketball player, though. It's just Correct. going to take Correct. three or four years. And if you're not willing to wait that long, then yes, it was the wrong pick. Well, you know what? And that's and that's where I think maybe it's just semantics. But that's where I disagree with some people who say the hope was that Wiseman could help right away. He should have been helping right away. I get it. That would have been an ideal circumstance. But I truly believe the Warriors drafted Wiseman thinking he could be a superstar in six years. A superstar. Now, when David Robinson came into the league, he was already like 23 or 24 because he did the Naval Academy thing, and then he had to do two years of service. But... They they drafted him to hopefully be Kevin Garnett. There's no doubt about it. Kevin Garnett didn't. He barely played for Minnesota that first year. Yep. Like he wasn't ready. Kobe wasn't ready. 
Kobe was not very good in the playoffs his first season in the NBA. So, yeah, it would have been great if Wiseman were contributing a little more now, and it'd be even better if Wiseman were, you know, playing 25 minutes a game as your starting center, giving you 15 to 9, fitting in, this, that, and the other thing. But the reality of the situation is I think they drafted him for 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 beyond Steph Curry. The next step, Steph Curry was their ultimate goal. Yeah, it has to be because... Because you don't get that pick often. No. I mean, you're. that's a pick where I think the Warriors felt like they were playing a little bit with house money. I mean, sure, that season was, was a wash, but they expected to compete in 2021. And, of course, then last year they won the championship. So things have gone according to plan, in a sense, after rebounding from a 15-win season. But if you're playing with house money, you swing for the fences. And who was the guy in the draft with the biggest ceiling? Quite literally, James Wiseman. Well, yes, but... Even more so than, as we discussed before the break, even maybe more so than Anthony Edwards. Okay. Who was the consensus. But who was considered in the draft... Let's put it this way. If the San Francisco Giants were... I know this is... Try to try to meet me halfway here. I'll they, try. The, the bottom line is... The Giants, San Francisco Giants this year would have wanted LaMelo Ball. Oh, yeah. I had a Wiseman or anybody else because Ball could, quote-unquote, sell tickets. Like, to me, yes, Anthony Edwards has turned out to be very dynamic. Uh, but Ball's a drawing card, too. Don't you think? I mean, Ball has... Yeah, he look, he was playing overseas, maybe he played more basketball, but he was relatively unproven. Yes. So what what, what I'm saying is... You know, the Warriors, had they drafted Ball, they would have gotten, like, another star power guy. He just is. He's the most popular. Like, he's the biggest name of that draft, even bigger than Edwards, especially when he plays. And So, I, it's, it's, my, it's my roundabout way of saying if they really wanted to make a splash, they would have picked Ball, I think. But, just for everything else that he would have brought. Like the the show, the entertainment. Yeah, I mean the like, family. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the Warriors right now were sitting with Lamelo Ball rather than Wiseman, and Lamelo Ball essentially was the same? Like this would be the most exciting team in the league. It would it would be nuts. Ball, Curry, and Poole. Now. Maybe that's why you drafted Wiseman, because you knew you had Poole. But Poole had a terrible first year. So Jordan, you draft Jordan Poole late first. He is awful his rookie year. Now here comes the draft. Do you think the Warriors knew or thought, hey, Poole's going to be fine? Poole's going to be fine. Because if they say Poole's going to be fine and they knew this then, well then, yeah, maybe you don't draft LaMelo Ball. I think you probably see Poole being fine behind Steph. Because he doesn't have to, like, he wouldn't be starting that next season. So you anticipate Curry coming back. You also anticipated Clay Thompson coming back before he tore his he, he tore his Achilles that off season. Right. I think they also in that fifteen win year, they kind of got a glimpse at the show. They got a glimpse at the flashy point guard, and his name was D'Angelo Russell. Ugh, nah, come on. Like so, but th- that kind of play. That kind of game, whether Lamelo, I think he's a superior player to him right now. But if you're looking at a guy with a kind of a similar, 
skill set is more about the highlights than than the you know the win. Like maybe that scared them off of drafting a, a point guard like Lamelo. Like like we already tried that. I, I don't. I disagree. Like I think Lamelo Ball is a pass first point guard if he's playing on the right team. No, he he is. But if you're basing it like you don't you don't have the last three years of the NBA to judge. Like, D'Angelo Russell was a quality point guard in college at Ohio State. He was, he was a good player. Lamelo was fine player in Lithuania or Australia, wherever he's playing. But to me, I could see the Warriors viewing those players as... Redundant? Kind of similar. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that. But then you're kind of getting into the Sam Bowie-Michael Jordan yeah. situation. Um, and then you're drafting for position. They didn't draft Jordan because of Clyde Drexler. Well, what if they had both of them? Dang. Uh, here's a text from the Xfinity Mobile text line uh, from the 925. Two points. If we took LaMelo, the Warriors wouldn't have pool right now. Why? So I, I kind of brought that up yesterday. I don't know if it's that they wouldn't have pool, but I don't know if pool would have been able to develop as quickly as he had or has. But let's. But history of the league, it's like, I get it. There probably wouldn't have been enough playing time for all of them. That I get. But... If you have good players, the league had been gone, going small. I'm just... Isn't it kind of what Kaminga ran into last year, though? He's just, he just buried behind a bunch of guys at his position. You mean that's what would happen to Poole? Potentially. And but, at the time, he's, a, he's the 28th overall pick or you know late first-round pick. He's not valued as much. He'd probably be in the G League a lot more. And who knows? He might have been able to develop, and then you run a, a nice three-guard rotation with those three guys. Uh, you're probably giving up a lot of points. Then you still got Clay. And then you got Clay coming back. Where's he going to go? And then you got to get. There's Wiggins. Tim's in Raleigh, North Carolina. What's going on, Tim? How you doing? What's up, Sonny? Hey, I'm getting in the car on the way home from work, so I'm kind of catching it. I heard a glimpse of what y'all were talking about, but yeah. um, I absolutely don't think it was a mistake at all. I mean, to me. I, I think I'm maybe a different type of Warriors fan that's a little patient and, and, and know that we won a title last year unexpectedly. And if this had happened last year, people wouldn't be freaking out. And we're not going to win a title every single year for the next five years. But I guarantee you the same conversation was had about Embiid after that second year when he missed his first two years in the league. And I'm not comparing Wise to him. But after Ben Simmons missed his first year, after – Blake Griffin missed his first year or two in the league from those injuries. I guarantee you the same conversations are being had in those cities, too. Was it a mistake? Was it a mistake? Yeah, they are kind of thinking down the road, and I don't blame them for thinking down the road. But I think once this young man realizes about defense, setting screens, timing, I love what Kirk did the other night, matching him up with Brandon Clark, making it a personal challenge. You're matching up with this guy. Keep him off of the boards. The guy went out there, grabbed the quick five rebounds. I can see the young man contributing towards the end of this year. Keep bringing him along the way he's bringing him along. And I think we got to understand it wasn't necessarily a demotion to go to the G League because he needed playing time. Had the team started out on fire like last year, he could have learned, worked through his mistakes while up here. But the way we started out, they couldn't afford to do that. Right. Send him down there to get the playing time. I mean, we saw how this guy started out that first year. He was putting up decent numbers that first year. Yeah, the team was horrible, but they threw him out there not knowing anything on pure talent. He averaged like, what, 12 and 6? Just on talent. Didn't know anything about the league. So now things are kind of caught up with him. He got to learn how to play defense. He got to get his timing right. No, it wasn't a mistake, man. I mean, we just got to, I mean, let this thing, let it play out, guys. Well, I agree with. 
That I agree with, Tim. You got to let it play out. In fact, that was going to be one of my themes today. Yeah? People who don't let things play out. Well, right. I, I am a young man, you, you Sonny. Gotta, you got you to follow me here? You gotta I'm going gonna, gonna to try. Um, down the yellow brick road. Because this is, this is, people sometimes say, well, who do you even root for? And, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Right. You know I, I root one team I like right now, just right now. I'd like to see them do well as the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins. All right, Steiny, why, why do you care about them? Well, I can't stand the way people talk about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I can't, like, I, I don't like, oh, Kirk Cousins, he's trash. Not trash. So, so when that happens, when I think it goes overboard in one direction, then I root for the guy. Yeah, you, you got to reset All right. things. All right. Here's another thing I remember. For example, you know, the Giants, uh, the Carlos Correa, mm-hmm. the Giants, you know, obviously don't go through with the contract. All of a sudden, they're a joke franchise. What a joke. What a joke. Fawn's a joke. Fraud. Joke. Well, then you find out the Mets did the same thing. So now you're like, well, ooh, maybe. No, no, no. Yeah, maybe they did. Maybe they did. All right. So here's where we are. You know what I remember about the last couple years of the Durant era? Talk to me. Or or last year with Durant. How many Warrior fans were like, what an idiot. Can you believe Kevin Durant walked away from our situation? (laughs) What a, I bet, what a mistake that was. I'll bet you any any money he, he regrets that. No, he doesn't. Never did. They're like the best team in the East right now. They are. You don't think if if, if somehow the Nets win it all, that won't, that'll that'll mean more to Durant than had he stayed for another one. It it takes me back to the conversation that you and Guru had with Bob Myers a, a month ago to to the winner go the spoils. I mean, when you win it all, you get all the credit. You get to write the narrative however you like. I mean, ex- Exhibit A is Draymond Green. Like, that guy writes every narrative because he's got the cachet. He's got the chips. He's got it all. He gets to tell people the way things are. Some are some's true. Some may be a bit, a bit embellished. Kevin Durant, if he wins it this year... Gets to say, leaving Golden State was the right decision. Oh, it's the best decision I ever made. Best decision of his get life. Get out of that. Get out of that chaos. Get you guys punching people in the locker room. Why do you think I left? I want to go somewhere I could win. But if Brooklyn loses, which they have the last two seasons, True. even when they formed this mega team, this super team of James Harden and Kyrie Irving, then we're looking back at that Brooklyn air and saying, why would Kevin Durant go on a play with a conspiracy theorist and an out-of-shape shooting guard? So the narrative is dictated by who finishes the season on top. The Warriors last year, that's why that championship, I mean, you, you asked Stephen Curry about it, Steiny. That, that chip meant more to him than any of the previous three because of the narrative surrounding him, his team, and the franchise, and they got to prove everyone wrong. So, and this is what Kevin Durant is trying to do now. He's trying to prove people wrong. The Warriors are trying to prove people wrong, being two games under five hundred. The young guys are trying to prove people wrong about them. They're trying to prove that they belong, and they have a, a great stretch right now to do that. Uh, six to eight. Us Niner fans. First of all, it'd be we Niner fans. Uh, can't stand the way you talk about the Niners either. By the way, here's what I have on my sheet. That's why. The way I root for people, that's why I guarantee you 
I'm going to end up being Kyle Shanahan's one of his biggest supporters. If the, if the 49ers don't win it this year, okay, let's say I get to the NFC Championship. I don't even care if Purdy does it. Or they Robert. better. Okay. But let's say they, yeah, guess what? Another, they win two, then they lose. Now Kyle Shanahan's six and three. You know how many people are going to be like, can't win the big one. He can't win the big one. I'm, so, so they're going to be talking about one of the, and you're thinking, huh, maybe I, I might do say, wonder. No, no, I, I don't he's think I'd say that. He's one of the youngest that. coaches yeah, in the NFL. Exactly. He will have been to an NFC Championship game in three out of the last four years, mm-hmm. and people are going to actually say, "Yeah, I don't. Uh, he, I don't think he's ever going to win the big one." What are you, an idiot? Like that's what bothers me. Yes. Why would you like? Just because he may end up being zero and two in NFC Championship games and zero and one in the Super Bowl, starting his career doesn't doesn't mean that he won't have success down the line. And, yes, Kyle Shanahan this season has just moved his regular season record above 500. But people have given him the benefit of the doubt because of a situation like he has now, which is he can make his third-string quarterback just as good as his second- or first-string quarterback. So Kyle Shanahan is in a position where, yes, his his legacy might be up in the air and maybe in the future more dependent on the postseason than the regular season, But that's, in my opinion, because he's already proved a lot more than other coaches have over 10 or 15 years. I mean, Jeff Fisher was a head coach probably too long in the NFL, but for 20 years, he's a knowledgeable guy. He's come on the station. Great interview. Kyle Shanahan's already proved he's a better head coach than a guy that's been in the league for 15 or 20 years. And I do think that people will have that conversation after the season of can he win the big one. But to me, it it is a little unfair unless he has the best. Like if, if and, and maybe say people say choked away in 2019, choked it away last year. I don't think they had the best teams in those years. Like to get to that point, to me, Kyle Shanahan has maximized his roster so far. This year is another test. If he gets to the NFC Championship Championship game with a third string quarterback. People might be disappointed if they lose. They probably will. Sure. If they lose in the Super Bowl, even more so. But that, to me, is maximizing a disadvantageous situation rather than listen. If if the what if, you're talking if, about. if the San Francisco 49ers make it to an, another NFC title game, this is kind of what I. This is why I said after they clinch the playoffs. To me, if the San Francisco 49ers get it to the NFC Championship game this year, and then all of a sudden you look at Football Reference. And under Kyle Shanahan, you see that he made three NFC Championship games in four years, in his first six years. Like, he's going to be the coach for the next half a dozen years at least. Like, that's what, that's what he's already done. Like, he gets, he, to me, he gets ten years to win a Super Bowl. Honest to goodness. Like, and that's kind of what I mean. Did, did, did Andy Reid all of a sudden become a great coach that one year he won the Super Bowl finally come on nope come on but everybody said that about Andy Reid John Elway can't win the big one can't win the big one till you win the big one well he won two so what I'm saying is yeah I don't know how old Kyle Shanahan is 42 maybe 43 43 if the 49ers don't win it this year and I hear anybody say he can't win the big one I may get physical 
because he's only 43 years old. Was that old. Donna Reed? Or was that Guru always references Let's physical. Let's get physical. Yeah. Physical. That's Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton, of course. Olivia Newton-John. Oh, shout out, Guru. You know he's listening. 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, yes, Kyle Shanahan. He's put himself on another plateau because this team made the playoffs. It's third time in four years. That's the bottom line. Hey, uh, what's coming next? Is brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Go ahead. What are you saying? What are you saying? There have been 517 head coaches in the history of the National Football League. All right. 517. Jim Tom Sula among them. Jim, I take it. Yep, Chip Kelly. Thirty-five. Okay. Have won Super Bowls. Okay. That means you have to be in the top roughly six and a half percent of head coaches to be a Super Bowl winner. What I was saying is that Kyle Shanahan is on a trajectory to be maybe one of the, you know, in a top ten percent of of head coaches ever. Great head coaches, better than the rest. There's still a window where he doesn't win the Super Bowl there, is my point. Like, sure. Like, we, we were talking about this last then week. he's Don Nelson. Over under half a Super Bowl for Kyle Shanahan. Odds, half? Yeah. I'm taking the over. For his career? For his career. See, that, and that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll bet you Kyle Shanahan's going to win a Super Bowl because I think he's going to be a coach for the next at least two or Like, Kyle Shanahan, this is kind of what I mean. I mean, he's going to be here another bunch of years. And he's either going to win here or something will happen and he'll leave here. He'll get another job right away. Ain't no doubt about that. And probably a pretty good one. So I would take the above. And it might not necessarily be the Niners. And my point is that the odds are so stacked against him. Maybe not with this team. But even now, we've already discussed that the Niners are the second-best team in the NFC. Okay, okay. So, so they have to upset someone just to get to the Super Bowl. Once they get there, you can probably make the argument there's two better teams in the AFC. The Chiefs, Bills, maybe the Bengals, they're playing about as good as football as the Niners are. They've won seven in a row. But I'd say the Niners are better than them. So if Kyle Shanahan doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, starting quarterback, third-string quarterback be damned, I can't kill him for that. And I do think people will, because of, of what you're talking about, you put together three conference title games in four years, and you haven't won a Super Bowl, what's going on? But my point is, like, it is such a rarity to even be in that situation that I, I guess I'm giving him credit for that as opposed to coming down his road for not having won the big one when his team is not far and superior to the rest of the field. Like, like if, if the Warriors didn't win the championship with Kevin Durant, that's a failure. That's a choke. No doubt. But if the Warriors didn't win the title last year, in which people did not expect them to, to me, I can't kill them for not winning at all. That's not a choke. What they did was unexpected. What the 49ers are trying to do this year in winning the Super Bowl, to me, would be considered an unexpected championship. Would it? Would it? 
I mean, wasn't the goal at the beginning of the year, and as ludicrous as we talked about, and I, how are you going to develop Trey Lance to win a Super Bowl? You can't do it. So we were kind of talking. This team was good. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying, like, I, I'm with you. I don't think any team, like, I'm not a big Super Bowl or bus guy. I think it's stupid. Because, yes, the numbers show not every team can win it. That's why he's going to the playoffs again. Third time in four years. Like, what I'm saying is, you can't win You can't win the Kyle Shanahan stinks argument anymore. You could, believe it or not, even though it might have been flimsy, You at three and four this year, if I wanted to argue against Kyle Shanahan, I could do it easy. First two years, terror. Oh, oh, like here's how you do it. You don't get to throw out the first two years. That's on your record. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, you there. You stunk. Yep. So you're zero and two. Okay, then you make the Super Bowl. Then you don't make the playoffs. Well, then what happened? Then you got lucky. You got lucky again. I'm arguing purposely from the other side. Keep they got going. lucky. <laughs> you won the game. You you won a fluke last game of the year. Otherwise, you miss the playoffs. So that happens. Now you miss the playoffs four out of five years, and you're coming into this year with Trey Lance? Really? You might get fired if Trey Lance isn't good enough at that point. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is we are now at the point with Kyle Shanahan where you can't argue that way anymore because there's too much in the other direction. But it sounds Guy's like... a good coach. There's no doubt You're saying about he's it. bulletproof. I'm saying... Bulletproof. Like I, I think I think like this is kind of what I mean. I think it's official now that he's gonna coach here for a while. He's who we thought he was. Exactly. When we hired him. Exactly. Exactly. That's what he's proven. That's what this I season. Think. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, I think so. And look, I, I've I've always thought that Kyle Shanahan was a brilliant mind or you know, Russell Crowe, but I also think that Kyle Shanahan, yes, he he had to prove it. And he's had a great roster that he himself has had a hand in. I think he also gets credit for that. Juggling roles between the front office and the sidelines, which doesn't often work. But I also think that if you're saying that after this season, if they don't win the Super Bowl, which in my opinion is not a failure, that people are going to be having the conversation entering next season of can Kyle win the big one? Or, well, and I'm going to say, or Kyle how, stupid, how stupid are you? That's what I'm going to say. Kyle hasn't won the big one. How, stu- how stupid are you? You did, it with, you did this with Andy Reid. Like, history is full of people that you make fun of. Dick Vermeil. Until they win it. Like, what makes anybody think Kyle Shanahan... Like, do you? Here's my question to you: Do you really think right now that there's something in Shanahan, something about it that prevents that's going to prevent him from winning the Super Bowl? No. Okay. I I mean now if he goes to the Super Bowl and loses four Super Bowls, I'm st- I'm still probably not going to say. Well, he he can't. Like it's just. He's the unlucky guy, I feel like. And and this is where it does get nuanced because I do think you can say Yeah, you can yeah, he's never won the big one. Or like Marv he, Levy he and Jim Kelly. Marty Schottenheimer never won the big one. I don't think of Jim Kelly 
and Dan Marino in a way as non-championship players. Those guys, do they have rings? Of course they don't have rings. But are you telling me that Marino was the reason Marino doesn't have a ring? No chance. So, like, like Dan Marino had one opportunity to be a champion, and the Niners beat him because they were they had, the a best team team. <laughs> they had a better team. Had a better team. I'll tell you what, uh, 888-957-9570 is the number. The number. Uh, it's also the Xfinity Mobile text line. Uh, we're talking about Kyle Shanahan and, and, and coaches in general. I mean, to me, where we're at with Kyle Shanahan is he's going to be around for a while, and rightfully so. And before you bring up maybe uh, am I flip-flopping, my, big, my biggest issue with Shanahan when he got here was not Shanahan. It was the way he was elevated before he'd ever been a head coach. Before he ever coached a game. What a genius play caller. Uh, this guy is unbelievable. He's this, that he's the next great thing. Okay, fine. I don't know. He's never been a head coach. So now it's two years in. They haven't won anything. What else do we find out? You know, he's a little arrogant. Shanahan's a little arrogant. Okay. Well, now he starts two years. He's a little bit arrogant. But now he starts winning. So now he's six years in, and they've won three out of the last four years. And he's going to probably be the coach here for the next decade, I would think, if he wants to. And he's been a big reason. Again, He people have developed under Kyle Shanahan. Like, when you look around the 49ers, sure, there are some free agent acquisitions, maybe a couple trades here and there. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's the biggest one. But for the most part, like, all of these guys have been homegrown outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, Christian McCaffrey. I know Trent Williams is. But, so, the 49ers have also created, like, this... This space where they can win, develop players, and it looks like also do well enough in the draft to keep a sustainable win winner going. Like I think that's also the goal. The goal for Shanahan. That's why he builds the teams the way he does. Is because and look, and this is actually where I'm at when it comes to the 49ers and them winning the Super Bowl. If they do win the Super Bowl, to me it'll be a test of style and era. Because Kyle Shanahan wants to run the football. He wants to defend at a high level. That's what his dad did. That's how Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls with the Broncos. I know you know, John Elway was the quarterback, but Terrell Davis and a horde of running backs were the reason why that offense went. That defense was dominant. Kyle Shanahan grew up in a time where you could run the football and, and out-physical teams in a way that got you to the big game. I think that's what he has always wanted to do. And I think that's how he has picked his, you know, kind of style in San Francisco to win. If they do it this year in a modern day game where the quarterback's the most important position and you can't supposedly win unless you have a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen, Kyle Shannon's trying to flip the script because this is how he knows the best way to win. And so like Kyle Shanahan has, and he's done it the last three or four years. He has done that. He has executed his game plan in the regular season and to an extent in the postseason 
to where, yes, if they win two playoff games, he's 6-3 and three in the playoffs. That's a winning record. Not many guys can do that. So the fact that he doesn't have a Super Bowl now is not an X on his resume to me. It's the next step, but it's not something that I'm going to denigrate him for. Well, okay, how long do you give him? They lose in the NFC Championship. See, this is where, like, this is the way I look at it. Like, Andy Reid, all right, what, what, when did Kansas City win it? 19? 2019. 2019. Okay. You think Andy Reid, something happened where he made decisions to a different degree where, oh, he became a champion. He, he was a better coach in 2019. The best he, decision that Andy Reid ever made was trading up for Patrick Mahomes. Like that that's where he won the Super Bowl like, in my opinion. What validate did, are you telling me that Andy Reid who's gone to the postseason like he's the same he was the same coach the two days before he won the Super Bowl that he was two days after the Super Bowl. The same coach to me. He just they they won it. They won it. Because he put himself in that position a lot of times, and he finally came through. So, to, you know, to me, it wasn't like, well, he made some breakthrough. No, the breakthrough made him, kind of, if yeah. you know what I mean. So, it, like, it just kind of bothers me that, oh, well, now that he's won a Super Bowl, he gets validation. Well, he's no better coach today than he was when he was taking the Eagles, maybe, to four straight NFC title games. He just didn't have the best team that year. It's kind of what we were talking about with the Warriors and, you know, Kevin Durant leaving. It's like the narrative gets to be written, sure, by by the media and by everyone covering the sport, but based on the result. Like Andy Reid, there's a reason why people were still hiring him to be a head coach because, sure, he didn't win in Philadelphia. The one Super Bowl he got to, he ran into Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like, I'm sorry, but... You also look at the teams that they lost to in the NFC title games before then. Also, the Buccaneers, who won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid has gotten his teams to the edge of the promised land before 2019. Kyle Shanahan right now is at a point where I think I, I expect him to get the 49ers, or the 49ers to get him, vice versa, to the NFC title game. That's where, that's where my expectation ends. And maybe that's a loser's mentality, and maybe in San Francisco where we hang banners and when we go to Super Bowls, we win them. That's that's where I fall off the bandwagon. But Kyle Shanahan is right now, if you were drafting head coaches, at worst, third? At worst. like. Well, I mean, there are, co- there are other coaches who will... I mean, how, how we play in the game? Bill Belichick. Belichick? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's better. But right right now, you'd want Bill I mean, Belichick. Well, see, that's the, that's the question. Well, yeah, I mean, if the you're stacking, may be you're no stacking resumes, then, then yeah, he's further down the list. But I'm saying, and we're talking about the guys, you said like, he's going to be okay. head coach for like, 20 years. For example, why, is, why, why do people consider Kyle Shanahan a better coach than uh, John Harbaugh? Than John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Because to me, or Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, because to me, that's... Probably because those two head coaches inherited great teams or great rosters. Kyle Shanahan, we've seen him. You think? Yeah, when John Harbaugh was a young, he inherited. Right, but how long has he been the coach now? 
When twelve years? When Harbaugh won the Super Bowl, he'd inherited Right, right, right. But see that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's like when Mike Tomlin but, won the Super Bowl, he inherited those teams from Bill Cowher. Right. But after that, Pittsburgh's been in the mix all of Mike Tomlin's seasons, for the most part. Until this year. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, he hasn't lost John Harbaugh less than gets, 10 the, games. gets the Ravens to the playoffs every year, essentially. Yes. I mean, just like, it's going to be, I, I get it, it might be 9 of 11. Sure. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, that to me is Successful what coaches. Kyle Shanahan has begun, like officially now. 49ers are going to make the playoffs three out of the last four years. Like, that's the first step. You want to be that team, Pittsburgh, to me. Obviously, the Patriots. To me, the first steps can be one of those teams that gets to the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Once you start doing that, then, to me, you start thinking about Super Bowls. I think that, look, I mean, are are the 49ers going to make the playoffs next year? Yes. Let's just say, of course they are. Yeah, of course. And that's four or five. Yep. So, really, their window's not closed this year. Their window's probably going to be open for a few more years. Now, if they played, like, see, this is the thing. And we expected the division to be better than it was this year. But that also matters, too. Because you, if you play in this year, if you play in the AFC South, you play in the NFC South, you got to win eight games to get in the playoffs. The 49ers, the last couple of seasons, have had to win double-digit games to get in, until this season, have had to win double-digit games because there's a Sean McVay in Los Angeles who Kyle Shanahan is always going to be linked to. Kyle Sh- uh, Sean McVay has a Super Bowl. But right now, people are laughing at the Los Angeles Rams because they cashed in, and they won. They did it their way. But right now, they are not set up for the success that you're talking about that the Ravens have sustained. What are you talking about? The Steelers have sustained. They Los ba- Angeles Rams? they Baker Mayfield now. <laughs> Missed something. I, 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 By the I, way, Dan Dibley God. texting in. Uh, he's just joined the show. And the reason I say he's just joined the show, Dan Dibley, is because he texted, only 35 coaches have ever won a Super Bowl. Oh, I'm glad he was listening yes. then. Just chimed yeah. in. Appreciate Six, that. 6.7% dips of all coaches have won a Super Bowl. Look at Evan, the producer. He had, he, he had those numbers early in the show. Just pulled them out of my back pocket. Yeah. Uh, i got to keep some ammunition me, sign. Let me, keep me on my, let my me go to uh, Let me go to Kumar and Willits, one of my favorite places in the Redwood Empire. Uh, he wants to talk about Wiseman, and uh, we'll take a break, and uh, then we'll talk more football. Cause, Flying. Yeah. What's up, Kumar? Hey, you guys. It's good to talk with you again. Thank you. Up here in the rainy forest. Yeah. Um, Beautiful country, though. I, I have been a Wiseman fan for for this whole time, and I'm just keeping my eye on certain things. Um, obviously, he needs to work on his defense and his screens right now. But if you look at his per 36 numbers, that's per 36 minutes, he's been 19 and 10 both seasons that he played, the first season and this season. And that's something that people don't talk about. You know, um, I, I hear you, Steiny, saying, you know, if he can give you like 15 and 6. And, yeah, he's not going to get 36 minutes. But his offense is pretty much proven at this point. And when we're seeing the development of his screening and his defense, I mean, his defensive rotations in this last game were NBA level. If he can keep that up, he is the perfect backup to Kevon Looney. And that's all I really had to say. I enjoy the show so much. Love you guys. Appreciate it, Kumar. Thanks for hanging in there, too, because we, were, we went to football. Um, 
He kind of proves what we were talking about, though, between LaMelo and Wiseman, which is, yes, per 36 minutes, he has those numbers. LaMelo's allowed to play 36 minutes a night. Well, James also, Wiseman's not allowed to play that many minutes. Right. Well, it's also Currently. It, it also has to do with LaMelo Ball, because he's a guard, doesn't really get into foul trouble, like a guy like Wiseman or a big man. If you're a young big man and you're charged with protecting the rim, you're not going to play 36 minutes in a game. You can't. You're going to foul. So, like... Uh, but that's also the difference between being on a team that's trying to contend for a title and a team that is trying to figure out whether or not you're going to keep Terry Rozier. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? A Lamelo Ball is allowed to fail more than James Wiseman is. And mm-hmm. over, I mean, over 36 minutes, I don't know if he puts up those numbers, but the, but the fact of the matter is he will never get that chance currently. No, not on this team. Not on this team. Uh, Golden State Warriors play the Charlotte Hornets tonight, 7 o'clock tip. From Chase Center, John Dickinson's got Warriors live coming at you from Chase at 6 o'clock. LaMelo Ball in town. Would you rather have LaMelo Ball right now than James Wiseman? Yes. Well, then what would you do? Right now? What would you do, though, at that point? I'd now try you got to run four a, guards. I'd try to run a three-man weave the best I could. Hey, that'd be a hell of a lot of a... The transition Warriors, I mean, it'd be like we believe again, right? Just getting up and down the court, throwing lobs behind the back. I don't know how much winning they'd do, but it'd be a lot of fun. They'd score a lot of points. Yeah, they would. They score. They currently score a lot of points. By the way, when we were talking about LaMelo Ball, it always comes up. The Warriors didn't want to deal with his dad. And I guess LaMelo, I guess uh, LeVar did say he didn't want him to go to Golden State, meaning LaMelo. First of all, that doesn't mean anything. Well, LeVar Ball has openly expressed his, I think, not disdain, but doesn't really respect Steve Kerr as much, I think. Right. But what I'm saying is the Warriors didn't stay away from LaMelo Ball because of LeVar, his father. I do not believe that for one sec. In fact, LeVar's kind of disappeared since his kids got into the league. Yeah. Like, he's, his profile's pretty low, actually. Don't you think? Yeah, he's, he's the ultimate salesman. He sold three kids at the NBA. They took two of them. Two of them are going to make millions of dollars, and he gets to just sit in a pool of money, I guess. I think he also runs a business, but, you know. Hey, man, he, he, he made it happen. He made it happen with his kids, no doubt about it. Um, all right, we're halfway through the show. The 49ers quarterback position. Everybody was just kind of scratching their heads. And let me tell you something. I, I, think, I think their quarterback situation is as defined now um, as it's been in the Kyle Shanahan era. I, I really... I believe that, and I'll tell you why on the other side. By the way, 95.7, thegameshop.com is live. The DPOY and relevant shirts, they're flying off the shelves. They are. You can get yours now at 957thegameshop.com. 49ers, do they have the best quarterback situation in the NFL? Maybe not. I'll tell you why. Yeah. 